Welcome to the Jill on Money Coronavirus Market Update. It is Saturday morning and we've got a cool thing for you. I was able to conduct a lengthy interview with Dan Roth. He is the editor-in-chief over at LinkedIn. I've known Dan for a while and he was kind enough to spend some time with me talking about the current job market and what he sees in the future. So we're going to make this a two-parter today, Saturday, and then tomorrow on Sunday we'll play part two. And doesn't mean we're not going to answer questions. We'll get back to that. I just think this is a really timely interview because in the first part, we're going to talk about what we're learning working from home, how business travel is likely to change. And of course, I'm interested in knowing what's going on over at LinkedIn, where are the searches going and what's happening there. So please enjoy this. This is my interview with Dan Roth. What are some of the big picture changes that you think are going to be long lasting in the workplace looking ahead after the pandemic? There are a couple things that we've heard from uh, influencers and from people on uh, members just talking about how their world is changing. I think a big one that we've heard from Bill Gates talk about as an example is that the old way of uh, of assuming that there are ways to ship product and to move yourself around the world are not going to come back. Even post-pandemic, even with a vaccine, you might get into a situation where it's okay to travel again and it's okay to ship your goods again, but I don't think anyone wants to be put in a situation where they are dependent on it. So you're going to see a lot of what we used to call reshoring, uh, uh, manufacturers locating, putting their supply chains much closer to their distribution. That's going to accelerate, and this is what Ray Dalio had mentioned this, that he, that he thinks it starts with healthcare. And you start seeing these companies saying, we can't afford to have any development being done far away from the home office. But you're going to see it in retail and in any place where you used to be able to get your goods made wherever in the world is cheapest. Cheapest is no longer going to be good enough. You have to have a reliable sense that you can get those goods right away. You can make changes quickly. You can visit these, um, visit these factories or these manufacturing areas. So that's a huge one. And then business travel might not come back for a very long time, if only because we are realizing that we can do what we are doing without getting on planes. Now, you used to travel quite a bit, right? I would, for my entire career, I have at least traveled a week a month, if not more. And it's part of how I've done business. It is part of how I assumed I had to do business. And let me ask you this, in the, you know, I know that obviously LinkedIn itself owned by Microsoft has had video conferencing capabilities for a long time. So can you talk about the difference between having a Zoom meeting versus an in-person meeting? Is there some subtlety that you pick up from the actual physical interaction with someone on the other side? There definitely is. And I, I think that First of all, I, I probably spend half of my days on video calls even before this pandemic. Just because I was dealing with most of my colleagues are in San Francisco. Well, I'm based in New York. There are people in Seattle I have to talk to. I've got teams in London and Sao Paulo and, and Bangalore. So I'm always on a video chat. The difference is that when you are on these calls, and this is still true, even now that I'm 100% virtual like most of the world, is that when you are on these video calls, you have a certain set amount of time. You get things done, you have an agenda, things you want to accomplish something, you start at a certain time, and you have a hard stop at another time. In our old world, pre-pandemic, the way that stuff got done was in the hallway. And 
you would, no matter how many video calls I was on, when projects really took off, they were a running into someone in the hall and suggesting something and it leads to somewhere else. And it's those kind of casual conversations that were really the ones that led to really great initiatives and, and where we were able to connect dots in a way that you can't when you are scheduling every single call with one, two, three people. Now, you are someone who is a creative person. You're writer, editor, you know, that's your background. Is there some concern that that lack of spark could limit the creativity in your organization or in any organization? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely concerned about that. Anytime we have a situation where something is not working as well as it should, that is an opportunity for an entrepreneur to come in and invent something that makes it work well. So I think in the short term, it will cause problems to have so much being done on these individual meetings. But I think that, that there are people who are already coming up with the software and the connectivity ideas that will find a way to virtually create those kind of hall room conversations that made projects move faster. Yeah, it's interesting because I think that, you know, you're used to a newsroom. I'm used to a newsroom where people just sort of huddle around and talk. I, I guess I wonder how, how effective um, it will be if we were to go back into the office and we had to be social distancing and we were wearing masks and not necessarily catching facial tics here and there and understanding the, the nonverbal cues, how effective it would be to be in the office. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I've got a good friend who lives in Shanghai where that is, this is how they operate is they wear masks all day long in their meetings. And he says it's the, the biggest problem is just annoying. I mean, you're breathing into this mask all day long. You're in these meetings. You're, you're, you're not picking up. You're getting like 80% of the meeting in place. You know, you're trying to, you're definitely missing these kind of nonverbal cues. There is no question it adds friction to the system, but it's better than not meeting at all. So a number of technology companies have said that they are going to allow employees to work from home until the end of the year, whether it's Google or Amazon and Slack. And just recently, we had um, a notice from Twitter where it sounds like they're actually saying if you want to work from home forever, it would be okay. How much of this do you think is going to really accelerate the work from home movement really in a long-term way. I'm not talking about the next year. I'm talking about the next five or 10 years. Uh, I think that it will have a massive impact on companies' ability to be okay with people working from home, which will free up a lot of people to start working at home. Some of the biggest, I've certainly seen this with my colleagues who would have liked to have worked from home. And even though LinkedIn itself never had a, a very firm policy on it. It always felt like it was the kind of thing you didn't even want to ask, can I work from home? That's now gone. I think that we have all realized that we can do our work from home. So I think that that, that kind of social stigma, it's almost like what the world was like when all men wore hats. And you were like, no one liked wearing hats, but everyone was like, oh, I guess you got to wear a hat to be a professional. And then people just stop wearing hats. And you're like, why did we ever wear hats in the first place? So I think that that's a little bit about what it's going to be like is that you're like, oh, of course we should be able to work from home. That being said, I do think that there is a, my, my big question, I don't know the answer to this, is what's the FOMO like for when people start going back to work? And even though we can all work from home, the nice part is it's all even right now. We are all working from home. But what happens when your boss is back to work? and a few lieutenants, and that key person that you're constantly competing with at work is now showing up at the office. Do you feel the pull 
to start showing up even though you don't have to. And I think that kind of human nature of how does our competitiveness and our need to get ahead how does that play into our decision to work at home? We'll, we'll see how it pays off. I think that's a fantastic point. I was speaking to a very higher up in a financial service organization, and he said, quite candidly, I have no interest in going back to the office anytime soon. But as soon as I heard my CEO saying that he wants to be back in the office and that others were chomping at the bit to get back in the office, he's like, now I feel like I can't stay at home. And now I feel like I am going to have a black mark against me if I choose to work from home. And there was an interesting back and forth about it in that the employment law people came back and said to the boss, stop saying that in those, on these calls. Because they felt like there was a real pushback that like, it's almost like you, you know, you want to show that you're fit and that you're up for the challenge and that you don't want to go against what the boss is saying. And so the boss almost has to go 180 degrees the other direction to say, you know what? I'm going to go back as much as I need to be back and whoever needs to be back, like you almost have to give people permission. Otherwise, they almost feel bullied into being back if they are not critically important to the mission of being in that building. You raise a great point, which is that the need to communicate is so much higher when we are all working like this. And I think that if we end up with a distributed, a much more distributed workforce, the onus on managers to understand how their words are interpreted by their employees because they can't pick up those facial expressions, because they are reading stuff in email, uh, you're going to have to be so clear and understand what the sub-meanings are underneath everything that you're saying. So post-pandemic, the need for leadership communication is going to be much, much greater. You are going to be dealing with workforces everywhere who are trying to figure out what you're trying to say. In the normal work-from-home environment, is there a hit to productivity on those who work at home versus those who work in a physical office space, do you think? We just did a, a study recently uh, that asked about productivity gains and about how people are dealing with this. And it was something like 23% of survey respondents said that they've been interrupted by a pet at home and that people were something like over 40% were being interrupted by family plus 20% were, were having technical problems. So you're, you are forced to be a teacher, your own tech support, you know, deal with, with all kinds of family issues at home. How can you be productive? I mean, I'll give you one example from my own life is my wife who just started a company right before the pandemic hit is trying to get her company off the ground. I am doing my job the same amount of work that I've always had. And we are homeschooling by necessity three boys in, in Brooklyn. So I teach first grade from 8 to 10.30 in the morning, and then my wife takes over, and then I come back, and we, we have these shifts, but, you know, we're not trying to remember where did I leave off this project and to come back and to do this. It's just, it's impossible. I think once school starts, it might make life a little bit easier, but, yeah, the, how could productivity not have taken a hit? It's all you're not commuting. Yeah, but I was just going to say that, Joe. Exa that's exactly what, that is the feedback that we've heard from a number of people is that the big gains that they get is the lack of commute. That's true. I mean, I would have been during from eight to nine, I would have been commuting. So tell me about what you're seeing on the site in terms of searches. I mean, there are essentially a quarter of Americans are sidelined right now. Are your searches, is time spent on LinkedIn rising? What are you finding? Yeah, absolutely. The amount of people who are using LinkedIn to talk about what they're doing uh, where they need help, where they can offer help 
has gone up during this time. The, the quality of the conversations has definitely risen. You are seeing people who are saying, I've lost my job and I need to find work or even more. And this has been fascinating is after Airbnb announced its layoffs, 25% of the company laid off, my feed and so many people's feeds just started filling up with Airbnb employees saying, unfortunately, I lost my job today. And here's other colleagues who have lost their jobs. And these are the kind of things I can do in the workforce and also hire this other person. And it's very different than what we saw in past financial crises or when individual industries were hurt before. A lot of times when you lose your job, the first thing you do is you might want to hide. You might not want to tell anyone. And there was a shame associated with it. I think what we're seeing when we are all in this together is that people are much more willing to go out there and reveal where they are, that they don't have any opportunities right now, that they are struggling, that they are looking for work and that they need help. And you're seeing in the comments, people saying, Hey, I'd love to help you. Here's someone I know here. We're hiring or we will be hiring soon. And so this give and get help dynamic is a really fascinating one to see. Okay, that was part one of an interview with Dan Roth of LinkedIn. If you have any response to that, you've got questions about your career search, or maybe you'd like to weigh in on your own experience working from home, send us an email, askjill at jillonmoney.com, askjill at jillonmoney.com. And don't forget, we're always here. And if you're on our website at jillonmoney.com, and you're signing up for the free weekly newsletter and something catches your attention, you can always contact us. We've got a contact button on the website. Thanks so much for listening. We'll have part two of this interview tomorrow on Sunday. Wash your hands, keep the social distancing, wear those face masks, and be nice to somebody. Talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 